Welcome to the Family Framing Podcast, where we have the opportunity to ask a behavior professional about the trade secrets in autism. We have Andrea Matthews with us today, who is a board-certified behavior analyst with many years of clinical experience with behavior treatments. We have a question from a parent today, and we'd like to explore this with you a little bit. My pleasure. What's our question today? Today's question, I take my son who knows only a few words to the store. He does okay until I put meat into the cart, and then he wants to play with it and poke it. (laughs) When I remove it, he screams, cries, and throws things out of the cart. This happens almost every time, and I don't know what to do. Sometimes he even throws my phone, so I can't give that to him anymore for fear of it breaking. What are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, I mean, I think that this is a really common thing. Um, Like, rarely have I met a parent where the grocery store wasn't, for one reason or or another, an excellent reason for, like, a lot of exacerbation. Sure. (laughs) So I think that... Um, I mean, who doesn't want to like poke the meat? I remember doing that when I was a kid. Yeah. Know? So like, I, I get it. I get it's his squishy. Desire. It's totally. something fun to interact yeah, with. Absolutely. So can't blame him for that. Um, yeah. So like my first, my first thought, my go-to is like, <clears throat> so if this happens every single time, like this is one of those behaviors that we can plan for. You know, and that's nice because if you can plan for it, you can like make yourself a nice protocol that you can follow to reduce that behavior. But also you can plan of like, what behavior do we want to take that the place of this? So I have a lot of parents who will like just essentially give up and be like, you know, grocery stores are so hard for X, Y, Z reason. He's just not coming to the grocery store with me. And yeah, you you can do that. And that's going to make grocery store shopping a lot nicer. But I mean, you kind of miss out on that opportunity to teach a whole bunch of appropriate behaviors, you know, grocery store behaviors to your child. And, and I think as a parent, like one of the greatest joys that you have is being able to find success in in teaching these things. You know, as a parent, like you're one of your main your main tasks, your main jobs is, is to be a, a teacher for your child. And and so I, I think that there's like simple ways that you could go about this that would enable you to find a lot of success really, really quickly. Mm-hmm. But one of the first things that I would definitely counsel, you know, this parent would be, you know, plan plan on this happening next time you go to the grocery store. And um, I don't know if you, you know, shop with a spouse maybe, or, you know, you have the ability to, you know, have them in like a different uh, compartment than where you put the meat. Um, but if that isn't all a possibility for you, I would suggest having him in a different cart than the one that you're putting the meat in. If you were taking him by yourself, then I would recommend as part of your plan of, hey, I know that my kid is going to have this problem behavior when I take away this really fun toy that is meat. <laughs> um, and maybe you just have like, maybe you just have grocery store toys. So like, like here's the amazing thing about toys is like they keep them so well occupied. They stimulate the brain. They can, you know, they, all of these things and they help you have a more peaceful experience. But the, the problem with even the most favorite toy is like after, after a little while of playing with that toy, it's going to get old usually. And, um, so 
and and or they're going to want to do other things that are more novel or new. And so I would recommend maybe maybe you have maybe you go to the grocery or uh, the dollar store. Just go to the dollar store and pick up some like maybe four or five funky little toys that they have there that are appropriate for them to play with and and you have them in a bag that is your like grocery store toy bag they can't have access to these toys unless they're at the grocery store and you go through the grocery store and as they get tired of one you give them another one to explore and play with and take their time with and pretty soon you've gone through almost the whole store they don't even realize the meat is in the cart and you've had a pretty tremendous experience um, this also can like help with like a you know a lot of other you know oh they they wanted a candy bar and they can't accept no and all, all of those things uh you know sometimes we're you know if you're like no we can't have a candy bar but oh look at this other toy that I have for you and it's like this toy that they've never seen and it's like theirs for grocery store time that can become a really enriching experience for them where it can teach them uh you know I you know grocery store time is a time for me to play quietly while mom and dad uh, go through the store and then as they get older you can teach more you know you know they're too old for the cart now maybe you can teach them to like help pick out bananas or I don't know whatever it is but you have that foundation of like the grocery store is a time for you know for quiet play uh, there's no screaming there's no crying there's no like, these big tantrum behaviors what you don't want is you don't want a pattern of uh, oh good we're going to the grocery store I'm gonna freak out when I see this thing or when this thing happens. You don't want to program neural pathways to be set up for uh, them expecting certain things uh, to happen that include a tantrum every single time. So when a child is having these new toys that you're buying and you've got four or five of them ready to go, let's say it's sixth, seventh time on a grocery store trip and Mm. they've already looked through these toys multiple times Mm -hmm. we're only a you know month or two out and I can't keep buying new toys even if they are from the dollar store what what do you suggest then because we're all of a sudden we're starting to get tired of even though they're only played with at the grocery store they're still getting kind of old and boring and the squishy new meat that you just put in or this really colorful box of um fruit gushers or something looks way more fun to play with than these toys and we start rejecting the toys that mom or dad provides for us and we still want to play with the new things that are being put into the cart Mm -hmm. yeah no I think that this is a really great question and like I I think that if you could have a couple of rounds you know you go to the grocery area you go you go to the dollar store and you pick out some toys or let them pick them out you know let them pick out what is the most fun maybe you pick out 10 the first time you go but you only introduce four for a month until you start to like I think that they're starting to get a little tired maybe maybe they start to show you that they're getting a little fussy and or you know by the time that you're through the grocery store they're like you know really done playing with all of those toys and you're like okay I think that I'm gonna like go to the next four what you can also do with this is if you have a child that has an abundance of toys uh put some put some away Put some away for mm-hmm. like two months. Mm-hmm. This costs no money at all, but put put some away for a couple of months and uh, then then use them in these situations. You know, if your child is having a problem, you know, you go to the mall and they hate it or, uh, you know, you're, yeah, you're in the grocery store or maybe you, um, 
I don't you're at a soccer game for uh, one of your older children, let's say, and and they have a hard time with that as well. Like so there's there's many, many opportunities for you to do the same thing. Uh, but if your child has an abundance of toys that they maybe don't often get to all of these toys or maybe they do, but they they love some. Um, I would take the opportunity to like, hey, we're going to put four of these toys um, in our backup grocery grocery bag and and we're going to like keep them on ice for like maybe a month, maybe two. And then when we introduce them, it's going to be like, you know, that feeling when you like you you put your your uh, winter coat on for the first time. And like, mm-hmm. I know that feeling is horrible, but then you put your hands in the pockets for the first time and there's a $20 bill in there and you're like, oh my gosh, this is the best day ever. It's yeah. going to be like that feeling. And you know that your child already loves those toys. And so it's going to be a winner, but it's free and they're really, really novel and new. And then what I would do is like, maybe, maybe even when you get to the point where you're like, you know, you're, you know, maybe, maybe you switch back and forth every single week. They don't even know what toys they're going to get that week. Maybe you have a, a B bag and an A bag and you're take you know, you're going to take your A bag and your, and your B bag with you, you know, and you're going to give them A bag this week and B bag next week. And they, so they have like a very, very finite amount of time to play with that toy, play with those toys and you give them maybe one at a time and they're having a really fun time. They, they explore with it, they play with it, then you put them away, then you give them a new one, one at a time and it's really, really great. And you like spend that time with them where you have, you know, you only have to manage these simple things with them while you can pick out bread and, you know, all of those things that you're buying. But then you, you know just in case they got tired of those next week, you know, and you're, you know, if you're waiting a whole week between, that might be enough for for quite a few weeks. But then you introduce B-Bag that, you know, they also haven't seen in two weeks at least. And, you know, then you're doing the same thing where you're introducing one toy at a time. You're letting them have fun with that. You're letting them play with it. Uh, you know, they're having a grand time. When you notice that they, you know, need to transition, it's awesome. You, you take it and you offer them the next toy at the same time. Um, I don't know. I mean, and there, there might be some kids where, where like this is maybe there is not a whole lot of things that they're interested in or a lot of toys that they, that they want to play with. Um, and so maybe this wouldn't, wouldn't work for every child. Um, another thing that I, that I thought of that was kind of interesting is like, if they kind of like that, but like, what's wrong with taking Play-Doh to the store? Like, you know what I mean? Like, like the meat is kind of like that Play-Doh sensation and they like poking it and like all of that stuff. Okay, well take something that's really similar that they can have free access to. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. like take some some squishy putty, you know, you can get that at the dollar store too. You know, so like like you don't have to be spending a lot of money. You might have these items already uh, in your house or you can make them even uh, with items that you have just, you know, in your craft drawer. Um that, that would allow them to have, like, if they want to have some sensory time around that squishy meat product, but that's not safe and or, you know, that's not the purpose of that item. Like, there's a similar item that that they, I'm sure, can play with. Um, and so that's, that's worth exploring as well. And, like, the big thing with this is, like, it's often just an experiment. So, like, if one thing doesn't work, like, move on to the next, but stay in that creative space as a parent where you're going to meet them where they're at. You know, my my son always does this behavior. They like to do this, but as soon as I, you know, take that meat product away, they are upset about it. So, like, stay in that creative space. Stay in that neutral space. Don't let yourself get into that hopeless despair stuff where you're floundering and not able to problem solve. But, like, really, like, 
my son likes to do this right now. What's an alternative that is going to meet that need? And you, you might find yourself having a lot of success with some Play-Doh or some slime um, if they really like that, that sensory feeling. Or, you know, having a, a week and B-week toys um, that they don't have a lot of access to that are kind of special and new and, and novel and not often played with. Either way, you might find yourself having a lot of success and then the grocery store can become a really great opportunity as they grow and they get older for them to be able to uh, learn to follow directions, learn to do a whole bunch of different behaviors that are appropriate for children in a grocery store onto, uh, you know, eventually them being able to buy things themselves at a grocery store and or, you know, be able to go uh, look for items, you know, oh, I, I forgot the cucumbers. Can you go back to the produce section and get the cucumbers and be able to appropriately do that by themselves when they're much older, you know? So, so there are, there were really fun things, but I think that closing down and like, you know, my son just can't handle being at the grocery store. Uh, that might save you a lot of time and effort, uh, in the beginning and you won't have to, you know, listen to a screaming child and you won't have to, you know, bear people looking at your screaming child and, Sure. You know, all of that stuff. Nobody likes that. Yeah. But you have to ask yourself, like, what what do you really want? What do you really want for your child? You know, what if I could give you A or B of like, hey, you can have a peaceful trip to the grocery store right now, but you can never bring them to a grocery store. Or B, you know, you can have a peaceful trip to the grocery store within the first couple of times slash, you know, the first time it might be a really great hit. Uh, depending on you know what experiment you're running um, and you get to take them to the grocery store and you get to like eventually teach them that like appropriate grocery store behavior is quite respectful behavior and so you mentioned also this might be for an older child if they're in the line and they want a candy bar and you are trying to substitute with this toy that you have set aside ready to go but what if, and this could also be included with the, the meat situation, what if they reject the toy and you would probably then go on to the next toy trying to find something, mm, yeah. like what is it that you want, but they reject all of them because they only want to focus on the meat mm -hmm. or just the candy bar. So yeah. what we have prepared is not working. What what would you advise in those kinds of situations? Yeah, I would I would definitely like, okay, so if... <clears throat> you are having your child, okay, so they want they want a candy bar, okay, and you say, no, but you can have this toy, and you offer them that toy, and they say, you know, no, I don't want that, they begin to have problem behavior. At that point, continuing to offer them things is teaching them, oh, I get offered a whole bunch of other things when I act like this. Mm-hmm. So maybe so, we don't want to do that. Yeah, yeah. And and honestly, at this point, like if your child frequently has problem behavior in the grocery store, you kind of already know where that is. And so if your child has problems accepting no, um, then you're probably already dealing with problem behavior. So where does that put us? That means that the item that you chose to offer them wasn't successful this time. But it doesn't mean the protocol won't be successful. What that means is that your child has a neural pathway that tells them when they hear the word no, they need to respond with a tantrum. So I've had clients where I'm teaching them to accept no, and they the first time I run no, but you can have, and then I offer them something else, their brain doesn't even register that I'm offering them something else because the pathway in their brain is from A to B so fast that they're like, I heard no, I'm tantruming. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but you do this three or four times and they start to realize, no, I can't have a candy bar, but mom just offered me gum out of her purse. That's sick. And then they, they and you can kind of see it in their eyes where they're like, wait a minute, what just happened? And they're so, like that pathway is so disrupted that they, like the candy bar forgotten, tantrum forgotten. They're like, oh my gosh, I get gum. This is the best thing. Or, oh, mom, mom packed me some Skittles or whatever it is that you, you know, were prepared with. But what you're not going to do is you're not going to uh, cater to their problem behavior. And so you're going to, you're going to follow what maybe you would typically do is when your child starts having, having tantrum behavior over wanting a candy bar, you're not going to give them a candy bar. Yeah, and you're going don't to check out that. and you're going to leave like you always do. Yeah. And the next time, it's you're going to try again and maybe their brain will register, oh, I can't have that candy bar, but mom just said that I can have, you know, my favorite toy or I can have this little, you know, you know, this little tiny bag of M&Ms from mom's purse. Or I don't know. I don't know. Whatever it is, whatever you want to do, you know your children the best and you know what's going to work um, and you know what's going to be reinforcing. So go with that, you know, and, and give that a try. Um, and then, you know, there's there's ways to systematically fade that. And I, I think that, um, you know, I'm, I'm creating a whole bunch of, of materials and um, and different things that parents can use that the behavioral professionals use uh, day in and day out to make this such a seamless process. You know, teaching waiting behavior, teaching uh, being accepting no, teaching transitions from preferred to non-preferred activities like, you know, playing on the iPad to going to the bathroom. That's that's not fun for anybody. But, you know, there's there's simple ways to do all of that. Uh, so we use these techniques all the time and there's no reason they can't be successful for parents as well. What if we get into the situation where my child is now understanding I've got something in my purse, I've got a toy in my purse, and they're already reaching, they're getting to this understanding of we go to the grocery store, I don't necessarily need to get the candy bar because I already know mom has gum in the purse, so I'm just going to start digging through her purse to get this reinforcer that you've packed away ready to go. And so it's kind of interrupting this process that you're having in store and in plan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, I think that like that is one of those things that like if you if you can have your purse out of the way, that is that would be awesome. And same thing with the like the grocery bag, you know, like they have the little hooks on the grocery cart, you know, that that allow the bags to hang much lower than a child could reach them. But if you're finding that your child is like, I'm just going to get in the in the bag all on my own. Yeah, or, or just starting to reach and grab for the bag because yeah. they know that's where it's at. So yeah. they're going to look for it. They're, yeah. you know, my child, he's he's yeah. gunning for that, pee, that piece of gum. Yeah. I, I think that either you have a situation on your hands where you're going to have to uh, be teaching them to accept no. And you can like offer a, a different item in that case, or they can actually have, you're okay with them having the gum early because you have a whole bunch of other reinforcers that you know are going to work and it's going to be fine. And you're, you're willing to accept failure, uh, towards the end of the trip if you, if you need to, and that's totally fine. Um, so if it is okay that they can have gum early, this is an opportunity, like at that point, it's, they know where to get the reinforcer. And so this is an opportunity for you to teach them to functionally request the things that they want. So this is a good thing, right? Like what, what we want is we want our children to calmly, 
you know, tell us the things that they want. Mommy, I want gum, you know, and if that's a possibility. So this parent said that they, they have a few words. Um, I bet you it'd be pretty simple to like, uh, get gum, you know? And, and so you see your child reaching and you're like, oh, what do you want? And that's an opportunity. Once again, you're teaching them appropriate grocery store behavior. It's better to ask nicely for things that you want than to have a massive tantrum about it. And so this is an opportunity for you to help them, you know, and it could be as simple as like, maybe we repeat the word gum three times. And if they, if they try and they give an approximation, that's great. Or maybe your child is at the level where you want them speaking in full sentences and you say, I want gum mommy. And then they repeat that. And then you get, you have that that level of, of understanding where it's not, I'm going to have a tantrum and then I'm going to get gum or I'm just going to steal things from mommy's purse and get gum whenever I want. I'm going to ask her permission to get into her items because that doesn't belong to me. And so once again, you have an appropriate interaction with your child. And so it's it's all teaching that that appropriate behavior. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like taking that, taking that opportunity and then, and then if they're like, Hey, you know, I gum was going to be like my grand finale. It's okay. That's okay. Like that's, that's fine. We, we used it to teach another equally important behavior. And if we end up, you know, failing towards the end when they want a candy bar and they already have the gum in their mouth and nothing else is working, well, there's always next time. Yeah. There's always, there's always next time. And, and so we go back to the drawing board of like, okay, well, I'm going to have gum and Skittles. So when the gum is done, then I, I also have a couple Skittles or a Starburst or something that I don't know. And if, if your child is motivated by food, then that's great. And you can do that, you yeah. know? So it's, it's not a cause for like, oh no, now my plan is like ruined and my grand finale is always whatever. I don't know, whatever you want to, you want to think. This is a good thing. This is progress. This means that your child's neural pathways are like, mom has a magic bag of funness that, that she gives to me as long as I am uh, being respectful and I'm not throwing a massive tantrum. This is a good thing. Mm-hmm. So like treat it as such. And then if you need to kind of revise your plans as you go, like let, let it flow. Let it, let it go with what your child is able to do right now and just like expect just like a, a, a baby step above that and help them want to take that step. Yeah. And with the little time we have left, final question on this is, big problem behavior starts, they are not accepting any of the toys, we're just yeah. having a bad day. They yeah. wanted the meat, I said no, but you can have this, and they just, it, that just was not gonna go for that day. And so they kind of start uh, tantruming, and it's kind of a big blow up. Yeah. Uh, they, I'm offering them their toy, but they are throwing it, They're, it's full blown tantrum, yeah. because I did say no, and it was just not a good day. We were tired or something happened, yeah, Sure. and we just need to know what would be a good um, tip or trick on how to calm that behavior or yeah. to tame the tantrum. Yeah. The, the best... Okay, so Okay, so I have a I have a couple things with this. You can think of this as like long term or short term. If you want it if you want to play the short term game, the best thing to do is to give in early. Because whatever you are doing to stop the problem behavior and you know what that is for your child like it 100 of the time if you offer them gum it's gonna be over 
or they, you know, they ask to do this, this thing, they ask for the candy bar and they start to have a tantrum. And you know that if you give them the, the candy bar, they're going to, the tantrum is going to stop. Okay. So the first thing, if you're playing the short term game and you don't really care about the consequences in the future, and you just need that problem behavior to, to end, I would suggest giving in very early, like before, like anything like before they start hitting themselves, before they start hitting you, before they start kicking, before they, whatever the tantrum behavior looks like, like as soon as you, if, if you're just like, I, you know what, we are almost done. We are at the checkout right now and it is just not worth it to me. Like I've gone through all of my toys, all of my other reinforcers and he is just so cranky right now. He missed his nap. I don't know, whatever it is. Um, and you're just like, you know, I just don't have time for this. I have a massive migraine, whatever's happening. Um, plan to give in early. You know, if you're, you, you accidentally say, oh, you know, like, no, we can't do that right now. And as they start to just whine, you're like, you know what? I changed my mind. You know, I, yeah, you can have that. I, I decided to change my mind. Wouldn't that be giving into the behavior yes. and maybe teaching them though? That absolutely. This is appropriate behavior for me to get what I want. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's the downside, but it stops the problem behavior before they're kicking you. What you don't want is you don't want them in a full-blown tantrum where they're kicking you and hitting you or hurting themselves or screaming at the top of their lungs and then you reward it with what they want. That's worse. It's easier to reward the whining if you just do not have another option than mm -hmm. it is the full-blown like tornado awfulness that they're capable of. Right. So if you have to give in, give in very early, give in mm -hmm. very, very early and you can fix it later. But yeah, like, like, as you were saying, like, like the most optimal option would be they start having a tantrum over not being able to have the meat or have the candy bar and you offer them that promise reinforcer and they say no. And they're like wanting to throw things. The optimal thing would be to block as much of that as possible. So like they're not throwing like cans of fruit at people or whatever you know you're gonna like remove them from anything that could be dangerous or harmful to themselves or your or you and um you're going to wait them out and what would that look like would that look like picking them up and just holding them and yeah they're kind of yeah. flailing in your arms or what what you want to be what you want to be really careful of is um sometimes that's that's the natural response that parents will go to and the problem with that is that also teaches them that like if they are a child that likes to typically be held or likes cuddles or likes to be close to people or likes physical contact uh that could be a reinforcer so if they need to sit there in that cart seat and just cry and wail until they're too tired to continue going on then, you know, like as soon as they start to get more calm, you can be like, okay, well, are you ready for this toy now? You seem calm enough. And then they might be ready to like play because they're just too tired to continue having a tantrum. What if this goes on for like 20, 25 minutes yeah. of them just screaming and it's now kind of right. socially inappropriate and we've got people, you know, yeah. frustrated. Your, your, first, your first priority is always to your child. Like who cares what other people think? And you know what? Honestly, they probably all had kids and been in the same situation because there's not a time I go to the grocery store that that's not happening somewhere. Right. And I know what's going down and I have compassion for that. As a stranger, I don't know them from Adam. Like your first priority is to teach your child. Right. And you, it, even if it is like making sure that they don't get the candy bar, making sure that they don't get the meat because they're having a tantrum about it. And you want to make sure that they understand that when they have a tantrum, they don't get the things that they want. 
So stand firm. Yeah, you. I mean, if you're if you're gonna go, you know, long term plan is tantrums don't work anymore. But you know what does? Playing with these toys, asking mommy for gum, uh, you know, asking mommy for hugs, asking to be held. Uh, there's a whole bunch of other things that they could do in a, in a grocery store and you can teach all of those things as an alternative, but they're going to try to have tantrums every once in a while and it's going to happen. And so your first priority needs, you need to decide beforehand, you know, who's more important, what these strangers think about my kid and I'm probably never going to see him again, or me teaching my child that right now, like tantrums in the grocery store is just not serving them. It just makes them tired and it doesn't get them anything. Right. And so final thing on that would be just hold out and this probably will not be a solution that gets fixed in the first handful yeah. of times, right? So mm -hmm. we don't want to just like expect that, oh, this will solve the problem the first or second, maybe even third, fourth, fifth time yeah. at the grocery store. So yeah. this will possibly, and every child is different, of course, but this will possibly take a long time, especially if if possible behaviors have been kind of ingrained yeah and reteaching stuff it'll take time and yeah. effort and it'll be hard yeah and or and or you might do this for the first time and all of those toys are going to be novel and or this is the first time they've been able to play with toys at the grocery store depending on like how your routine has gone and it might work splendidly the first time and you think i'm in the clear this is going to cure everything and the next time you do it it's awful yeah and that's okay too because like you said, like those neural pathways have been ingrained. I go to the grocery store and I'm going to have a tantrum about something or I'm bored. So I'm going to be whiny or I'm going to, you know, pull my sister's hair. I don't know whatever, it, whatever it looks like, but they have a neural pathway that like, this is what we do at the grocery store. This is how things go. And it might take a couple times for them to, to break out of that and realize, Hey, there's a better way to go about things. I can just play with all these cool little toys. And if I want gum, I can ask mommy for gum and, or uh, whatever, whatever it is that, that you're trying to retrain. But yeah, like, like just because it doesn't work one time doesn't mean it's not going to work in the long run, but yeah. like staying, staying consistent and staying prepared and like sticking with your kid where they're at and not getting lost. And like, I wish they could just be perfect at the grocery store already. Yeah. You're going to get there. You're going to get there, yeah. but you can't expect your child to just jump there. Yeah. You know, you need to be, you need to be where they're at and you need to be problem solving from where they're at. Otherwise it's just difficult. Right. It's too difficult. Perfect. Thank you so much for your help today with this question, Andrea. For listeners, thank you so much for tuning in and keep an eye out for weekly episodes where we will continue to talk about autism topics and behavior tips, tricks, and solutions. See you next time.